everybody, this is William Del Pilar, and this is Points on the Board. And once again, I am more than thrilled and more than happy to welcome my co-host, Eddie Aparicio. Eddie, my man, how are you tonight? Hey, Guillermo, I am doing great, man. How do you like my nice new green screen there, man, huh? Not as, not as, light, <laughs> not as light and tinted as yours, but hey, you know, it's, it's, it's there, man. And thanks for the referral on that, man. I like the, what you recommended. It's a cool little little thing, man, so I appreciate and, it. And to the audience out there, y'all don't see a green screen. You see a nice, pretty background, but Eddie just got his green screen to get <laughs> it going with us. We got tired of staring at, at a white wall. Uh, all right. Eddie had to do was lift the sign. Help me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, no, I'm so, doing great, man. Uh, how, how about, hey, you know, I, I heard you were sick, man, and, and you also had a family reunion yeah. as well. So it looked to hear a little bit. Oh. So, so health-wise, it's been the last six weeks have been the worst I've ever experienced in my whole life. And I'm now in my 50s. And uh, I suffer from something called cluster headaches. And oh. they're worse than migraines. Oh, wow. uh, when I first got them in 10th grade, uh, they lasted one minute. 20 some odd years ago, the last episode I had lasted an hour and a half. Uh, per oh medical diagnosis, once you enter your 30s, they tend to lessen in impact and eventually disappear. And that happened. Okay. But they came inexplicably. They came back a couple months ago. So in essence, what happens is I, you have it's like an ice pick right here oh, wow, above wow. my eye, just bam, bam. And most like for myself, I don't care what the water bill is, and I'm in California. We're in California, but uh, yeah. I just turn on that super hot water and it just hits me, and I'll sit in there for 40 minutes in pain. And uh, but so it started to come to an end. So we had a family reunion coming up. I right. head on out to the family reunion, Where and was that? Uh, Where was it? it was it was in uh, North Carolina. My dad is a uh, 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 formerly he, my dad's part of the special forces community, and oh. well, he's been retired since 1980, so he's been retired a lot. Of my dad is 90. No, 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 no. My dad is 90 years old. My dad is 90 years old, and uh, uh, you know he was he was in army. You know, special for they they call it all special ops. Yeah. You know? right. And he retired like 1980. He's 90 years old. I asked for this family reunion last year because he's going to be 91 this year. And, you know, heck, he's 91. We wanted to get that one big family picture because my sister passed away last October. She got cancer and passed away. Yeah, I am too. And but so I got there and my brother emails us. Hey, guys, I'm just getting over COVID. Pop positive, wasn't able to make it for my 50th class reunion, you know, his 50th class reunion. And he goes, he's in the COVID where they, you kind of like go to yourself or you're by yourself for a while. And then he was getting over it. And he goes, I should be good by the time I get there. We're like, yeah, come on down. And then he comes down a day later, one person catches it. Then somebody else catches it. And the next thing you know, my and my dad, my dad is straight to the point. If we catch it, we're done because <laughs> he's 90 years old, you know, oh, and my man. mother's 84, you know. So I hop in the car with my brother because we were at a lake. We went to a, 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 a it's not a resort. It, it, it's a lake where it's a big, beautiful, multimillion dollar homes all around the lake. It's called Lake Gaston. Beautiful, beautiful area. And my sister has a, a friend. In fact, her friend, her friend's father is the creator of Styrofoam. So that's how he became no wealthy. Way. Exactly. No so, and he became wealthy by 
doing the styrofoam, maybe styrofoam cups. I couldn't remember styrofoam, styrofoam cups. But locking in all the contracts for like Burger King, McDonald's, all them because styrofoam cups. Remember back in the day, you know. So, uh, uh, so, so, so he's he's wealthy, and they're kind enough to lend us the house. And uh, uh, so uh, uh, I get back here, and I have COVID. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah. Are you, are you over it now? Are you completely over it now? Or are you still I'm not a hundred percent over it in terms of, I am over COVID in terms of having being COVID positive, right. but my body is still, uh, uh, I'm suffering from vertigo, you know, oh. 30% of COVID people get vertigo, but if that's, I've had vertigo issues in the past. Right. So I think this is COVID jumping on an issue I've already had. So for example, being Panamanian and you know us Latinos, I was introduced to a joint before a beer when I was a kid, you know? <laughs> so I I grew up with the herb, so to say. Right, right, so I do right. worry about my lungs, you know? And I've been hacking it up. But if Michael Jordan could do it and win a championship playing sick, then by God, Eddie, I can too. And that's why we are here tonight. But I am tired. It's like right now I feel a slight little headache. I'm feeling worn down. Uh, but the show must go on. And look, man, we're, we're, we're doing this for a reason. We're doing this because you and I love sports. And uh, uh, as a company, I'm a conservative. So I'm doing it for other reasons that does not include Eddie people. Don't take out my political leanings on Eddie. You know, Eddie is here to talk some football. And tonight we are going to talk NFL Yep. as well as some basketball and a little bit of baseball. We're going to get into the baseball more seriously probably at the next podcast uh, or maybe have the uh, a baseball podcast dedicated. There's a couple of baseball experts out there, but the playoffs have just started, so it's in full swing. And it's just funny, Eddie, no matter what, in terms of uh, baseball and basketball and hockey, none of them can hold a can of the football and the popularity football is, you know? Right, right. And uh, I, I started getting back into football. Uh, Eddie has his two cents. He's going to chime in, but we're going to review not every team. We're going to review blocks of teams for my NFL power rankings, and then we're going to move on to Eddie's expertise. He's going to talk to us about some of the better offseason transaction, who's winning, who's losing, uh, and, 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 and some other basketball stuff. Eddie is the Latino who loves him some b-ball. Did you see that trouncing by the Niners over the Dallas? Oh my Cowboys? God. Yes, oh, I did. That awesome? Oh man. As a uh, Niner fan. Hey, look, sorry, man. Hey, Niner fan. Look, see, I'm a Niner there fan. There you go. And that was nothing brings me more pleasure than they whip the Dallas Cowboys ass. That, that, that pleases me more than a Raider loss and the Raiders. Won well, let's get into it, Eddie. Yeah, Let's absolutely. get right up. San Francisco is my number one team in our power rankings. Any issues with that? No. As a Niner fan, are you kidding me? No, they deserve to be number one. They should have been one, number one last week. Last time we were on this rankings. So I get it. You yeah, they were number two that week. Kansas yeah, City. Kansas yeah. City first because you're the defending champs. I get it. But the Niners were just looking mid-season form already at that time, man. So, you know, you, you had it right now, uh, Guillermo. You have it right. Well, that's why I popped them up to number one. In fact, it's ironic. You know, last week I had a, a power rankings, but we didn't have the podcast because I was ill and I was traveling. But uh, uh, that's the reason I moved them. They're like a machine. They are playing steadily, whereas I have Kansas City number two and the Eagles number three. Both those teams are showing chinks in their armor. You know, and because of that, that's why I moved the, the 49ers. Now, we don't want to dwell too long on, on the power rankings because that can get very tedious, very heavy. But what's your take on this? I, I brought this up to Big John. Yep. 
And let me preface this with this statement. I always tell people if Bill Walsh had not drafted Joe Montana, we would never have heard of Joe Montana today because it was a perfect offense built for him. He didn't have a strong arm. He was very smart, and he could hit receivers in stride. And the West Coast offense was brand new at that time. Right place, right time. So I I bring it up with that caveat because you look at Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young. uh, 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 And who's the other one? Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and uh, 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 C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. And I got to be honest. You know, C.J. Stroud's looking phenomenal. Uh, Bryce uh, uh, Young, he's looking lost. And Anthony Richardson's just looking like an injury-prone stud. You know, when he's out on the field, he's looking studly. Yeah, exactly. None of them can hold a candle to what Brock Purdy did as Mr. Irrelevant, the final pick in the draft, to come in and, and take his team to the uh, to the playoffs. And yeah, he does not get any accolades. Yeah, but the thing is, the Niners are a stacked team. I mean, they are, they have, like, you, I don't know if you saw the, the ESPN rankings that they put out, like, maybe, like, about a couple of months ago where they, they ranked the top 100 players in the NFL. Nine of those guys were Niners. So, But I, you can't blame him. You can't so, blame I mean, him he, for that. It's not his fault. Yeah, but he has a better supporting cast. I mean, I agree. I agree. Stroud in the Niners, he would be almost as good as Brock Purdy. But I don't think he can read the defenses as well as Brock Purdy does. But he definitely has a lot more athleticism, right? And also, uh, Anthony uh, uh, Richardson, he, he'd probably perform a lot better than he is right now. Uh, you know, than where he's at right now, the Indianapolis Colts. You know, but so that's the reason. I mean, that's Brock Purdy is damn good, though. I mean, he's he's showing me something as a longtime Niner fan, that he, a lot of people are comparing him to Joe Montana, as you brought up, you know, because he doesn't have the strong arm, can read defenses very well, very calm, pool, uh, cool, and poised, you know, like John Montana, uh, Joe Montana. So I'm sure he's going to be the type of guy who would point out John Kenny in the stands of the Super Bowl like, he, like Joe right. Montana did. You know, back, he's just that way. He's just calm, cool, and collected. He says all the right things in his press conferences. He's a team player, you know, and, 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 and the teammates love him right now. Sorry. Exactly. The teammates do love him. Now, here's the only thing I'll change. Uh, 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 I'll state about that. Then we'll move on is the West Coast offense. And I read an article and it was a phenomenal article. I, I, I don't know where it's at. I don't know how long I read it, maybe a year ago or six months ago. But he talked about Kyle Shanahan's offense and how he demands that accurate quarterback. And Steve Young used to say this, you know, and I have mentioned this in another show. He sat there and said, hey, y'all knocking me in my bomb, but all I have to do is throw it to 20 yards and hit Jerry Rice and stride, and that's a bomb. He's going to take it to the house. And that's what Shanahan, and that uh, uh, demands from his quarterback. That's why uh, they finally shipped off uh, Trey Lance. I think they realized Purdy is the guy who can do that. Not and, And he did it over a season, and he came into training camp and doing it again. And that's the only caveat that I will say that makes him much better than the current three rookies. It's because, one, he played four years, and he came in, and he knew his role. And for some ungodly reason, the pressure just did not affect him. And that's why I would put him on top of those three. Physical talent, all three of those rookies this year are better than him. Right. But how many – but Joe Montana won four Super Bowls, and the guy was about as physically talented as Jerry Lewis. You know, there wasn't much in there. Well, even then, hey, Jerry Lewis did a lot of good – what do they call that comedy where you fall and trip? So I guess he was physically talented. <laughs> but you get my point. And uh, so I, I have become a big Brock, a Brock Purdy fan. And I just don't know, though, if overall – I think the Eagles can beat him, and I think the Chiefs can beat him. It's one of those any given Sundays. They're going to have to play their best game, but if they play their best game, they win by 10 points. 
you know, against either one of those two teams, you yeah, know, but that that's yeah, just it. Yeah, with the Niners established on Sunday night, they put the whole NFL on notice. They're saying you better bring your A game if you're going to hang with mm -hmm. us because we're not going to let you win. We're we're not going to we're not going to let you uh, win it. You know, we're you have to take it from us. We're not going to make a mistake. We're not going to give a play away. You know, they're they're focused. They're hyper focused. And you know, Brock Purdy, for every game that he's started and finished, he's undefeated. You know, he's going to yes, have right. He's regular season. Point. It's unrealistic that he's going to go undefeated, right? But there's talk about that right now that. They don't even anticipate having a loss. At least, you know, these are the fans talking, not necessarily the team talking. But the fans are talking that, hey, the only real competitive game, as long as they don't overlook anybody uh, in the next few weeks, the only competitive co game coming up is probably Philadelphia Eagles in November. Uh, and they can pretty you much know, go undefeated up to that point. And that'd be very, very interesting if they both go undefeated up to that point. To, and that'll, that'll set, like, big-time rating records right there. Oh, yeah. That is the equivalent of Boston Lakers in the 80s. Absolutely. Ratings. Absolutely. Yeah. That's and if you absolutely. weren't around back then, there were a couple of years where the league scheduled the Lakers and Celtics in season. And those were, like, by far the highest-rated basketball games in the 80s for a regular season. It, it, it was just a, a, a rivalry for the ages. All right. So moving on. Uh, I have to bring up the Bills. I have them ranked number four. They lost in their defense. The NFL's got to do something about uh, these having one team in London for two weeks with no jet lag, no nothing, then another team flying in. And I saw a stupid take by an outkick guy. Uh, uh, I forget his name. I, you know, I can either take him or not, but he was saying, well, they could have left. Thursday, you know, they left the, the bills Friday, you know, one day was not going to make a difference. You freaking moron. You know, yeah, it's right. like, those are the type of takes to look at. I bam, just hit him. Yeah, you know, yeah, just, yeah. it's like, where's your wife? But they have to do something. So I didn't really drop him too much. Dolphins rebounded very nicely. They beat up on a giant team that needed to be beaten up. But here's the scary part are the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, Jared Goff has a terrible reputation because of uh, his poor Super Bowl game. That seems to have really tainted how people perceive him. But that kid is playing the best football of his career. And that team is reminding me of the Niners. They are good at every facet of the game. Defense, offense, all the skill positions, and to me, Goff is playing better than than, than even Brock Purdy is right now because Brock Purdy understands his role. He's got all the weapons. Jared Goff is also creating plays, and uh, he gets me nervous so every time he goes back to throw the ball. But the Detroit Lions are a team that is going to be scary because they're improving every week. Yeah, uh, on, I got to call you out on that. He's not better than Brock Purdy right now. Are you kidding me? You know, if oh, you were, yeah, if not you at all. Any, any uh, NFL writer to rank their top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL right now, I guarantee you Jared Goff is not in the, in the top 10. He, and that's why I dominated when I was with KFFL as an analyst. And that's why I was asked to be the NFL Network's first fantasy analyst on there, because what I say is right. No, no way, man. Get him. Get him. Hey, that sickness is getting your head, man. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. But look, I have been ranked number six, Detroit, and they are playing phenomenal. They're a team that nobody's going to want to play towards the end of the season. Absolutely. You know? and, and they have great skill position players, too. I mean, they have a, a great running back. David Montgomery looks like a great a great uh, acquisition, right? And they have Jameer Gibbs. Unfortunately, he was hurt, but David Montgomery is rolling as a running back right now in that system. Then you have Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, he's a great uh, wide receiver, and he didn't even play this last weekend. Neither one played. Right. And they, yeah, so they, they had a Khalif Raymond and, and Josh Reynolds as their as a wide receivers, and they still were rolling. So, and, you know, this this team, they, you know, they, they lost Hawkinson last year to, to Minnesota. 
and they have Sam Laporta now. And Sam Laporta, oh my gosh, like yeah, a really good tight end. So I'm with you that they're uh, uh, offensively they're they're a beast, but defensively that's where they're gonna that's what wins or loses championships for you is on the on that end. Can you stop? Man, it? have you seen that kid though? Ada Hutchinson is that his name? Hutchinson. Well, well, Did you see that I, interception he had this week? You know, he just kind of like stuck his arm out hit the ball, and then just kind of wrapped his stuff around it. You know, he took a hard shot to the legs, though. But, no, I agree. I, I I agree. Okay, so moving on. Look, Jacksonville's number eight. They moved up a couple of spots, but their victory is suspect. But they did beat the Bills, and that was an important game for them. I don't know if they're the real deal or not. Seattle was on the bye. They're the real deal. Uh, you know, it's uh, they have a bye. They have the – I just – Pete Carroll, I don't like him as a hurt human being. Phenomenal head coach. coach. He's a good coach. Yeah, exactly. Now, we already talked about the Cowboys. Any final thoughts on the Cowboys in terms of of what this game – did this game expose them or were they – their heads got too big before this game? I mean, how much of that beatdown in your mind is is a reflection of the Cowboys and how – where they really are, or was this just one of those fluke losses? You got to suck it up, toss the film, and move on. It's not a fluke loss, uh, Guillermo, and the reason being is because the Niners live rent-free in all the Dallas Cowboys' domes. Yeah, they do. They've won three consecutive games uh, going to last year in the playoffs. (laughs) You know, they essentially were saying that this game, you know, they were down their heads even more than they did in the playoff game last last year because they got throttled, right? And I think that you know they're just a bad matchup for the for for the Cowboys. The Niners are the Niners are a bad matchup, not only because of the mental aspects that I just pointed out. You know they they were they were definitely up for it and probably trying. You know they got overconfident, but anytime you know the the owner of the of the, of the Cowboys, Jerry Jones, says, "Hey, you know they're they're the best team, and you know but they're gonna have to come through us two times to get past us." But you know they're they're the best team. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's the the best message. They were trying to do uh, reverse psychology, I think, and and, and and I think got you know it backfired in my opinion. So the, I think that the the Niners are just a better overall team, and like I said, they have nine of the top one hundred best players on their team in the NFL right right now. So. Right, they're just right. All, all around. So they're not exposed. Dallas is still a good team. I think they're going to recover. Are they? Are they? I think they'll Andy. recover. Yeah, I think they. I think they will recover. I don't. I don't. I. Don't, I wouldn't say that they're going to be. You know, the type of team that is going to. You know, probably go against the Niners in the championship game. I think that's going to be. Well, hold on, Eddie. Hold on, Eddie. Okay. I, I need to get your take on this. The yep. Niners. I mean, the Cowboys. They have three wins: Giants, Jets, and Patriots. They have a combined. Four and eleven record. So, are the Cowboys that good? No, they're not. They're they, they have a good defense. They do have a good defense. I'm gonna give it, and they have good skill position players. I would question their play calling a little bit, honestly, right now. You know, they're trying to okay. minimize Dak Prescott's interceptions, and I think that's limited their downfield play, which I think was what they did last year. <laughs> you know, they, they you know they got one great he, he had one great pass in that game against the Niners yesterday, where he threw that deep ball. Um, he to, had three to, terrible uh, passes too. Yeah, to tur- three tur- interceptions. Tur- yeah, and, and but yeah, three interceptions after that. But that was just really one really good pass. He, he has a good arm, and I think they just changed the whole offensive scheme to trying to reduce the interceptions. But I think it's a good way of doing it. But they, they I, I think their play calling is just not very good right now, and I think they need to be. Well, I don't know. I mean, they call the right place. My issue is simple. I have believed since going back to Tony Romo, they got lucky. They got lucky with Romo, then they got lucky with Prescott, but they hadn't. They 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 never developed Romo into a good enough quarterback to take the team deep. 
And I'm seeing the same thing with Prescott. So I don't know if it's a culture there where they look at these men as you're a young man, you know what you need to do to improve, yada, 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 or what. But their quarterback development is suspect. They got lucky with two players in Romo and Prescott who were already more talented than most of the league realized that wound up on their rosters. And 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 I, we have not seen any growth from Prescott. In terms, we've seen him hit his ceiling, and he hasn't gone beyond the ceiling. By going beyond the ceiling, meaning you can take your team to the next level. You, right. know, you can put that team on your back because that's how they hype Prescott as. And right. I just don't see that. Now, Eddie, I do want to get your take. Uh, let's move on. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, <clears throat> they did not play this week. They had to buy the Cleveland Browns. But since we did not talk this week, I'd like for the audience to get your take on what did you think of Deshaun Watson being medically cleared to play last week and then refuse to play. Wow, that's uh, that's that's interesting. Uh, that tells me that I, I think he's getting a little bit of flack from his fan base right now because he hasn't been performing that well. Um, he, you know, he has flashes of, of uh, brilliance. Exactly, flashes. He's a, he's a, he is he has he is a good quarterback, but that whole off season thing it still is in his head, right? And then now you know the team is. You know, it's it's good. Has a great defense. Lost their running back. I think that's the biggest uh, hit to that team is losing uh, Nick Chubb. I mean, that's that's that that team was playing very very well when Nick Chubb was in the lineup. And then Deshaun Watson. They don't have to rely on Deshaun Watson as much because Nick Chubb was doing well. But now they have to rely a little bit more on on the Deshaun Watson. And he's got the talent to carry a team. But I just don't think he's right mentally right now. Um, I think he, he he's in his own head right now because of you know all the off season stuff from last year. And I think he's getting some flack right now from his fan base that he's not performing like like someone who's getting paid top dollar he's the highest paid quarterback in the nfl so that's and guaranteed and guaranteed so i think all of that comes into into play here so i think you know he probably had some uh issues still that he didn't want to he didn't want to go out there half you know half baked if you will because you know he he knows he's not been performing as well as the what the fan base expects so i think he just wanted to kind of sit this one out maybe show that he's you know, uh, that he's more valuable to the team when he's not there because then, then the team will play as well, right? So then they need him back. That's part of what the psychology Exactly. He's playing yeah. games. He's playing. If he right. was medically cleared and he chose not to play, he knows he's going to get paid regardless. Right. So to me, that's the problem with a guaranteed contract. And Deshaun Watson exemplified it. And that's why Lamar Jackson never got his guaranteed dollars. You know, uh, they're, they're not going to do that. But we had him ranked number 10 this week. All right. Pretenders are contenders. Look, the Ravens got beat down. Look, that's going to happen. Uh, it's a new offense. He's learning how to play within the pocket and become a better thrower. And so you're going to have some hiccups. But the Ravens need to figure out how to get uh, beyond this, meaning that this is going to happen throughout the season, but they were still the better team against the Steelers, but they just did not know how to put their foot down on the neck and and press, and Absolutely. they allowed the Steelers to hang around, and that's why they lost. Absolutely. You know? I, agree. I agree. But yeah, I think that team is good enough. They got enough talent to to be, you know, the the, the division leaders, uh, for sure. Right, they, right, they right. They definitely right. have the talent to do so, and I think it's, it's, it's theirs for the taking, honestly. Um, but I think, you know, Cincinnati right now, I think Cincinnati's going to come back, though. I think, you know, I think their offense woke up this last weekend. And you I mean Baltimore? No, no, no. Cincinnati. Oh, the Bengals. The Bengals. You moved on to the Bengals. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I'm, we're talking about Baltimore. I'm just saying that Cincinnati, yeah. the Baltimore Ravens, they have an opportunity to take the, the, the division. But I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to challenge them for that because I think Cincinnati has turned things around. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And to me, this was always Cincinnati's off uh, division to lose before Joe Burrow got injured in training camp. And then after last week, I thought Baltimore was looking too dominant for these teams. And then they lay an egg and Cincinnati right. comes out and plays lights out. So uh, in this tier here, I have pretenders or contenders, the Ravens, the Buccaneers and the Saints. Now, the Saints, I'm not going to say much uh, uh, about them. A 35 nothing win speaks volumes. But come on, I, I, I mean, look who they played, you I know? know. know. Yeah, so, so I don't put too much stock in that. The Patriots are terrible. We're going to talk about them in a, in a bit. But the yep. Chargers were on by. They're at 14. Now, real quick on the Bengals. They seem to have finally come out of their shell with a dominant win. I think, look, the Bengals have no offensive line. So when they get deep in the playoffs, that's always going to be – that's been their Achilles heel the last three playoff seasons, you know, especially in the Super Bowl. Uh, and uh, But that said – when Joe Burrows is healthy, they don't need an offensive line to destroy regular season opponents. And I think that's that we saw him get healthy. I don't know if he's 100%, but that's the closest to 100% we've seen him this year. And 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 I think that the AFC North now is theirs to lose again. I said last week it was Ravens, but 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 if Burrows is back, it's the Bengals to lose. Any thoughts? No, no I agree. I think the Bengals are all around better team. I think just you know. Uh, uh, um, I was going to call him Carson Palmer, but Joe, Joe Burrow, you know, he didn't play in the preseason, right? So he had all these few weeks that he needs still to get the rhythm and the rust uh, to shake off the rust to uh, to get kind of in line and in sync with this team, right? So exactly, you know, he, he seemed to be back in, in sync with the with Jamar Chase. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a T Higgins right now who's hurt, but you know they and and, and Joe Mixon is a good running back. But I think that just, just the timing, you know, it, it it wasn't there in the early weeks for for Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase. And I think last this last weekend, I think they got their timing back. So I think they're going to be what were we expecting to be uh, from the last couple of years. I think they're going to be dominating this division. I agree. I do have issues with uh, Zach Taylor, the head coach, and his play calling. He doesn't seem to want to ever establish a rushing attack, and I think he needs to get, he needs to get off the Joe Burrow show because we see without Joe Burrow. They lose. But the problem is, is when you don't develop any other aspect of your offense and it all goes through Burroughs, when right. he gets hurt, this is what you get. And to me, right. that's a mark of a subpar coach. It really is. You know, I'm not, you know, there's a lot of head coaches that have gone on to Super Bowls that didn't deserve it. Their players took him. The Rams are one of those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so the rest of the best are pretenders, the Rams, Steelers, the Colts. I really would rather talk about uh, 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 the Rams, I think, are pretenders, especially in, the, in in a division against the Seahawks and Niners. They're just in salary cap hell, meaning they have no depth. So when their starters get hurt, they're done. The Steelers have no offense, are struggling on defense, but they've got a phenomenal head coach, Mike Tomlin. And I think it's a head coaching and, and his stubbornness at going, you're a damn man. Go out there and play like a man. That's why they were able to stick around and come back. They just had that tough man mentality. And right. that's a credit to Mike Tomlin more so because uh, Kenny Pickett is not looking good. But the team I want to talk about are the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, first of all, I have grown into becoming a porn star. Gardner Mitchell with that mustache that looks like a porn star from the 70s. I mean, is he the best backup in the NFL, the backup quarterback in the NFL today? But, uh, I mean, I love Anthony Richardson because he's proving everybody wrong. Look, the knock on Richardson wasn't that he was. Now, people wouldn't say it this way, but what they were trying to say, well, he's not really the brightest guy around in reading defenses. He's all physical, you know. But that kid's been lights out. 
and being able to read the plays, see what's open, what's not, and kudos to him to overcome all that negative talk, even though it was done more politely. <laughs> the kid's not dumb. <clears throat> you know, good and well, he he probably got tired of hearing people, hey, he's not the smartest uh, uh, guy around. But I thought he's he's playing phenomenal when he's out there. The problem is he can't stay healthy. And and I just think this team, this team is compete. This team has a shot to win the AFC South because it's such a weak division. But what are your takes on them? Oh, and before you give me your take, real quick, Jonathan Taylor's back. Yeah. I got to toot my own horn here, Eddie. I did a uh, diatribe, a one-minute video about a month ago talking about the morons out there saying Jonathan Taylor is going to be traded. The kid's only 24. Anthony Richardson is is the future at QB. He's like, what, 22, 21, 22? I mean, those are two young studs who can grow together. They weren't going to get the first-round value for Jonathan Taylor. Nobody was going to give it to him. Uh, they still own the rights to him for this year, meaning it didn't matter what he said or did. He was going right. to be a cult regardless. So they, they just waited it out. He's got his big, fat contract. He's not going to have a great year. He he is in the only 35% of success rate of running backs who had a season like he did last year, the following year. But come next year, he'll be a beast, and he'll contribute this year in a one-two punch uh, uh, with the RB position. So with all that said, what's your take on the Indianapolis Colts, not just uh, this year, but future-wise? You know, I think they're an up-and-coming team, honestly. I think they have some good uh, young talent. You know, they also have Michael Pittman Jr. as a wide receiver. And, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a good wide receiver. Um, and then, you know, they also have, a, you know, the RB2, uh, Zach Moss, who's filling in for Jonathan Taylor right now. And Zach Moss, I think, is playing his way into an RBBC type of role within, right. uh, within the, the Indianapolis Colts backfield. I don't think it's going to be a one-headed monster. Uh, I don't think any coaches do that really anymore because they, they need to rotate these, these players to keep them fresh, especially at the running back position, because that, that position is probably the most commonly hurt out of all the major right. positions in the NFL because of all the, you know, the, the bump and grind they take every day. So, uh, you know, I, I think they're a good young uh, up-and-coming team. They have a really good defense, you know, uh, led by DeForest uh, Buckner. And I think that that, that team is going to be a, a problem in the next two to three years. Uh, I think so, too. And I think they're going to upset some teams. I mean, they almost pulled out the upset against the Rams, and they could easily be 4-1 and one right now. But I think it all boils down to phenomenal coaching. That coach has that team playing hard, playing for them, uh, for themselves, meaning they, they all look at each other as a family unit. And, and, and I agree. And you're right. It will be an RB by committee. And the final comment I'm going to tell players, especially fantasy owners of Jonathan Taylor, if I was in a if I was in a non dynasty league or non keeper league, I would probably trade him for the house as much. I don't see him doing much this year. He has not done anything in terms of physical activity since January of this year. Right. And he's right. completely out of shape. You know, Absolutely. so you're not going to get so his production this past Sunday was not a shock to me. I mean, I would have put him in my lineup uh, because he can hit a home run from anywhere on the field. But that would have been like lightning. I just don't see him performing well this season. He's missed too much time, and he had such a, a, a phenomenal season last year. All right, two cents on the Tennessee Titans. Are they done as a team, or can they come back? I mean, they had wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins finally came through with eight receptions for 140 yards on 11 targets, no TDs. But this team seems to go the way the Titans, uh, Derrick Henry goes, this team goes. Thoughts? No, I think, you know, I, I don't think they're done. I, I think uh, uh, Vrabel is a good coach, and I think he knows how to motivate his team. And I think, you know, this team has a lot of grit. Um, and I think that, you know, even though they don't have necessarily the star power like some other teams, 
they have a lot of heart. And uh, I think that, you know, Derrick Henry, yeah, but they have this Ty, Ty J Spears guy who's emerged as a good running back as well. So I think, you know, they're not going to lean so heavily on a Derrick Henry moving forward now. He is getting older. He's got a lot of, uh, doesn't have much strength on his tires. He's been used quite a bit, right? He's still a really good right. running back, but he's taking a beating, right? And he's a big guy, but he, he he's taking a beating. So they found this other, this, this uh, Ty J Spears guy who's been playing very, very well. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, I think, I, like I said, I think Brable has, knows how to uh, make this team go. Uh, you have a DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's finally got in sync with his uh, quarterback. And I think they're going to not necessarily be like a contender. They're going to be like a team that's going to cause some problems for some of the teams if they're not, you know, ready for them. Right. And my issue with all of that is the fact that it's a veteran team. And if what you say is true, then it's time to rebuild that team because that's a veteran team. And if they can't win with who they have now, they're just not going to win. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins chased the money. He's on the wrong side of 30. Tannehill's on the wrong side of 20. Uh, Derrick Henry is on the wrong side of wear and tear of miles uh, uh, on his body. So I just don't see much out of them. All righty, brother. Moving on. The get it together or else, or are they overachieving? Give me your thoughts on the Jets in terms of Zach Wilson. Do you think he's developing or do you think it's a fluke because they beat up on the Broncos? And what's your take on this whole Nathaniel Hackett, Sean Payton soap opera drama? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, uh, I, I don't know too much about the drama, but I can tell you, I, I remember we had a podcast a few weeks ago. We were talking about what, what, what are the Jets going to do when Aaron Rodgers went down, right? And we were talking about, you know, we should, you know, they should let Zach Wilson have a chance to, to, to show what he's Correct. got, right? And I think they made the right call. I think there was a lot of backlash, you know, that uh, the head coach uh, had taken from the media in New York. The media in New York is brutal, right? And he backed up his guy. Brutal. He backed up his guy. And, 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 and now I think that, you know, uh, Zach Wilson's confidence, I think, came out a couple games ago uh, where he played pretty well in a loss. But then this week they got the win over the Broncos. You know, of course, the Broncos aren't that great either. But th I think that, that he got his confidence up and I think he's going to be good especially now that you have a, a, a Brees Hall who's emerged as a, a, you know where he was last year everybody was kind of concerned whether he'd be this running right back right from the injury he sustained last year you know how's he going to do this year and he, he I think he, his coming out party was last weekend against of course the hapless Broncos run defense but you know at least he's got some help right it's not going to be all 100% on Zach Wilson so I think I think I agree be, I think they're going to be okay they're well, not going to they're going to be like probably like a eight and nine type of team where I think, you know, when, when Aaron Rodgers was there, I think they were probably looking at more like a, a 13 and four type of record. You know, that's what they were hoping, maybe 12 and five. But I think they're going to be like an eight and 19. I think they're just going to be, you know, 500 team moving on. Unless, I, you know, I can see that. I can yeah. see that. And uh, so my take on this whole uh, Sean Payton, Nathaniel Hackett, I'm not a Nathaniel Hackett fan. The truth of the matter is the moment Aaron Rodgers went down, he should have shifted to the Zach Wilson playbook. And it took him almost two weeks before he did that. And what I mean by that is playing to Zach Wilson's strength. He's more mobile than Aaron Rodgers is at his this age of Rodgers. And uh, there's certain plays, quarterback's favor. Uh, the only reason he's where he's at is because of Daddy Paul. You know, so uh, we saw uh, uh, he made his bones by being the offensive coordinator for Aaron Rodgers in the NFC North, which has traditionally been not the strongest division sure. in, in, in the league. And uh, I just think he's a bum. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan. The, uh, I think he we're, we're not even going to hear from him after another two to three years, and who knows where he winds up. But that is a classic case of nepotism with uh, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. So I'm not a fan. Uh, moving on then. So uh, the Vikings, can they recover from a 1-4? 
I mean, they 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 had now in their defense, they've lost to the Chargers, Chiefs, and Eagles, who have a combined record of eleven and three, and they're not getting blown out. They've been in games to the end. It's, to me, it's a little too late. I just don't think they have the defense. I don't think they have the fundamentals. I don't think they have great coaching in terms of discipline. I think they are very talented, but. And the other thing is, how many hits can Kirk Cousins take before he finally gets taken out of a game? It just seems like they have a high-powered offense, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is that now you know they might lose Justin Jefferson now for a few weeks because he uh, sustained a, a, that's a right. hamstring injury, and we don't know how critical or how severe that hamstring injury is. But I can tell you from you know playing sports myself that you know hamstring in- injuries take a long time to recover from, and especially for the position that he plays. You know, the, as a wide receiver and a running back, you're doing a lot of cuts all the time, quick cuts, quick bursts, and that's that's hard on the hamstring. And, and it takes a while to, to, to get that back to, to normal. You know, so we'll see how they, they, they can do without him. I mean, this Jordan Addison guy, uh, their other wide receiver has emerged as a decent uh, wide receiver, but he's no Justin Jefferson, right? They have a T.J. Exactly, exactly. Who's a, who's a great uh, tight end. You know, he gets a lot of, uh, uh, you know, gets, gets a lot of catches, a lot of yards. He's a good fantasy tight end this year he's, he's on my fantasy team so that's why I, I'm, I'm propping him up a little bit but they don't have they don't have uh you know a, a, a really good running game you know uh, they lost Dalvin Cook right he's out of the Jets and you know they were putting their the things on they were putting you know the, the all the emphasis with uh, uh Alexander Madison and you know I don't know if he's every day mm-hmm. uh, every down back you know I think that you know he needs help he, they need more running back by committee type of approach there and, and probably not have not lean everything on alexander madison and their defense isn't that great so and the thing is they're notorious for being like a slow starting team they just you know that last year they won so they won so many last minute games that you know they made the playoffs but they were just you know living living just by the edge every on borrowed time yeah it's just it, borrowed time habits, they're gonna catch up to you right and if and, and if you don't fix that this is what's going to happen. You're going to start out one and four. Exactly. All right. Following those two teams at 22, 23, 24, and 25, we've got the Commanders, Falcons, Raiders, and Packers. Those are those are one, two, three. Those are four mediocre teams who are playing for the future. They're going to lose a lot of games. They're going to look terrible. They're going to have a few highlight reels, but nothing magical out of any of those games. That said, though, I don't expect Ron Rivera the last the full season because he's supposed to be a defensive guru. And two things from the Redskins: uh, their defense. Is is atrocious. The defense was ranked 32 entering week five. And Sam Howe has a league leading 29 sacks against him. That's on pace, Eddie, for 99 sacks this season. The record is 76 sacks 21 years ago during rookie David Carr's season with the new Houston Texans franchise. And I think that franchise destroyed his career. But uh, uh, so that's my only take out of that. Everybody else is in rebuilding. The Raiders and Packers think they can compete, but they're more in a rebuild mode, too. Uh, Any thoughts about those four teams? No, I think uh, the way you ranked them, I think you, I think you have yep, to Yep, yep, Eddie wants to move on, people. <laughs> yep, yep. yep. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's head on to the final tier. Let's head on to the final tier here. What the hell? We have no clue, or they're playing for draft position. Now, the Houston Texans, they're the best of the loser bunch. Uh, it's just a rebuilding team. The Arizona Cardinals, Eddie, though, they play hard. And that Joshua Dobbs is a, is improving every week. That's a type of team towards the end of the season. If you're like, like, like say, uh, uh, nine and four or, or nine and five or something, and you have a shot to get in, you don't want to be playing the Cardinals come the end of the season because they, they are playing hard 
hard for their owner. The Broncos, that's a complete rebuild. That team, that team is so bad that they allowed 70 points two weeks ago. Again, I look at Nathaniel Hackett and his reign there from last year. That's how bad he destroyed this team. And the Bear and, 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 and the and the Bears and Panthers and Giants round up and the Patriots round up the bottom. Uh, so first of all, any comments on Houston, Arizona, or Denver? No, I agree with you on Arizona. I think they're a team that's been playing well beyond what anybody expected. I mean, they 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 were actually you know dealing pretty well with uh, the Niners. You know, I think once they got that win against the the the, the Cowboys, that they gave them some confidence that they think they can beat you know a pretty a decent team if they're not prepared, and they showed that. And then you know the, the they they were giving promise to the Niners for a little while too. So you know they they do play hard. Um, and I, and I like that I like Josh uh, Joshua Jobs as well. They have uh, Marquise Brown, who's a he's a decent wide receiver, right? He he, he came from the, uh, the the Ravens, um, and and you know James Conner is a good running back. He, you know he's one of these hard nosed you know running backs, but unfortunately he just got hurt. So uh, one of the guys that you know his backup is now a guy that's going to be a, a pretty hot, yeah. a, a pretty hot waiver wire addition this week, which we'll get to in the you know later in the segment. But you know I, I agree with you on Arizona Cardinals, Denver Broncos. They should be better than what they are right now. I mean, they have a really good uh, a coach. They have a, a you know probably a Hall of Fame you know a quarterback, maybe arguably right. I mean, he's 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 won a Super Bowl and he's actually played pretty well for Seattle. But I mean, once he left uh, Pete Carroll, it's not showing that he can you know do pretty well with uh, with a really good offensive guru type of uh, head coach in, in Sean Payton. So you know they have good wide receivers there too. Cortland Sutton, uh, Jerry Judy. You know uh, now they have this. Uh, 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 um, uh, Jaleel, Jaleel new McLaughlin. offense though, new yeah. offense. Jaleel McLaughlin, you know he he's emerged as a as a as a as a running back to watch. You know for those fantasy owners out there, um, you know because there Javante Williams is a guy that you know unfortunately is hurt and has been hurt in his career in his early career. Uh, but they have good good pieces and their defense supposedly was supposed to be their strength and it's not necessarily done very well. Uh, and I think just the team in, in collectively, I just they don't look very disciplined in my opinion. So that's probably what's part of, partly what's going on. I just think they're a bad team. I think a lot of overrated talent on there. And uh, it's just they got to get rid of the riffraff. And I think that's what we're seeing. Okay, after the Broncos, we got the Bears, Panthers, Giants, and Patriots to round out the bottom. Out of those teams, the Panthers, there's not much to talk about. Look, they got a young offense, young defense. Uh, Bryce Young, to me, is not developing as well as he should, but you got to give him time. Uh, I really want to talk about the Bears here real quick. And, 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 Again, I'm pretty proud of my track record of being a sound analyst to the point I got invited on various shows, uh, uh, national shows. Uh, I was on the, the NFL Network's uh, fantasy analyst, uh, the, their first one, to be honest. So uh, I say that to kind of prop myself up a little bit. But the reason I say that is because the QB position is something that everybody loves to analyze. And I take a step back as a coach with expectations and this became a tribal issue, meaning if you criticize Justin Fields, you went on social media, they would call you racist. You're criticizing him because right. he's black, because he's black. Right. black, 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 black. That's all you heard. And I'm like, right. no, I'm criticizing him because he's not going through his reads and he's tucking the ball and run. He was a man among men at Ohio State. That's just not the case. So the last two weeks, the two weeks ago, he stood strong in the pocket uh, uh, and everybody complained about him. Uh, you know, oh, he's standing in the pocket too long now. He's too scared to run. And I did see that with a few plays. I'm like, eh, he should have took the ball on that one. Then I saw him against the commanders, and it was scary. It was yeah. scary seeing Justin Fields poised 
in the pocket, knowing he can take off and run for a big gain at any moment. But it was scary seeing him pose with that rocket arm he has and hitting some of those receivers. So all these morons who just want to scream racism just because they want to scream racism and you're they're too stupid to understand the concept of growing a quarterback. And it's not a white-black thing. There's a lot of my our fellow brethren Latinos who are on that, that, that bandwagon too. But you got to understand, it takes time to develop a quarterback and Justin Fields is now on track to this time next year he could be a top 10 quarterback what are your thoughts you know it's a good observation because you know he definitely has the abilities to be a good quarterback but the thing is the knock on on guys like him is that they don't necessarily progress through their reads they you know they know they're athletic you know and they can get away in, 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 in running the ball when their first read is not you know not there and it's not there they'll just break off and run because he's athletic and he's strong he's a big guy just, you know, Lamar Jackson's the same way. I think Lamar right. Jackson is still, I think, learning how to be a pocket passer. You know, I think he's learning that this year, honestly. They're, they're trying to prolong his career, although I think that guy's very slithery and how he just avoids, like, significant contact, whereas, you know, Justin Fields is a bigger, stronger guy, and he's he kind of looks for contact sometimes when he's running, and that's one way to really shorten your career as a, as a, as a quarterback. So I think that they're doing the right thing, trying to get him to be more of a pocket exactly, passer. Exactly, exactly. And I think he's... He's definitely shown that he can do that. Let's just see that if he can continue doing that and not revert back to his bad habits. Because if he does that, then he's going to, you know, shorten his career. And that's what that's what I agree. Well, it's not only that, Eddie. No Super Bowl has ever win, been won by a rush first quarterback, meaning a quarterback who's going to just tuck it and run. The, the, the guys with the legs, the Jalen Hurts, the Steve Youngs, those players, they learn how to stand strong in the pocket. And that's why they have a Super Bowl ring. Because at the end of the day, you got to be a quarterback and stand strong in the pocket and make that deep throw, that big play. Plus, like you said, keeping them healthy. It, it, Randall Cunningham's knee, uh, knee injury ended his career. What I mean by that is once he uh, destroyed that knee, he was never the same. You know, and they took his – Buddy Ryan used to say, just win the game for us, Randall. Just run when you want, you know, because he was a terrible <laughs> offensive-minded uh, uh, coach. He was pure defense, you know. And he did no – and I try to tell people, Buddy Ryan did no favors for Randall Cunningham, you know. Uh, uh, but Steve Young, he learned. He learned. But even then, look at Joe Montana, four Super Bowl rings. Steve Young had two, you know. So uh, uh, athleticism is not always everything. It's about the offense. Final take here. Uh, I had no take. They're just a sad sack team. What's your take? Well, first of all, the Giants are a sad sack team. They are actually uh, – them and the Patriots are the two worst teams in my eyes in this league. I, I got the Patriots ranked last and the Giants uh, ranked 31st. Uh, 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 any thoughts with the Giants before we go to the Patriots and close out the rankings? It surprises me that a team that actually did pretty well on this uh, this coach last year and, and really played hard for him, that you know they're 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 playing the way they are right now. And I think you know they they need a Saquon Barkley to be healthy, right? Let's 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 face it that he's their best you know uh, right. uh, uh, best weapon on that team. And you know unfortunately you know he, he gets hurt a lot, right? And that's been kind of like you know, what's defined his career so far is that he came out, you know, out of Penn State just being this beast of a running back. And everybody was like, oh, my God, this guy is going to be a specimen at running back, you know, like an Adrian Peterson type. Right. But the thing is, he just can't stay. Healthy. Right. And, and but the thing is, is that if he's there, 
and they and they run the offense around him. And you know they then you know they don't have to rely on Daniel Jones, you know, to do what he does because he does turn over the ball a lot, or just you know sometimes doesn't make the right read. You know, if if if, if Saquon is there, they can be a dangerous team. You know, because then they can run the ball and control the clock, and then you know uh, give their defense a break. And, and their defense is actually a decent defense, but right now they just they're they're a three and out you know nightmare right now. You know, as far as offense, they can't really move the ball. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I, think I agree. The worst I agree. No, 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 I'll say this, though, Eddie. I'll say this. Uh, Saquon is only 26. The human male body of a young man does not finish developing internally until the ages of 27, 28, 29. So I think once he gets past this injury, he's you're going to start seeing him become a little bit more durable. But you're right. They pay him. That's why they don't want to pay the running backs a lot of money. It's one of the most off-injured. Now, on Daniel Jones, I will defend him from this perspective. He is running for his life. He's on pace for 90 five sacks he is number two in the league one sack behind sam howell with 28 sacks on pace for 95 as i said 76 is a record so i will not criticize daniel jones and, to, and i put this all on dayball to me this is on dayball and the front office for not making good decisions you know uh, uh they, that that team needs a rebuild the patriots i have no clue i have absolutely no clue what's your i'll leave you with a final take before we close this out in terms of the football uh, side, well, you know, this, Bill Belichick has got his work cut out for him because that team is in total uh, disarray right now, and, and and I don't know if the locker room is lost because you know if he's putting so much trust into Mac Jones and maybe Mac Jones isn't you know what he thought he was last year. Uh, they don't really have an identity as a team right now. I mean, defense was supposed to carry them, but their defense has right. been they've been on the field a lot, right? So they're you know, any good defense is going to get tired eventually, right? And they're not going to be able to perform. Uh, like like they, they were like they should have you know so they they don't right. know what they are right now right they 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 don't run the ball as effective as they should Ramondre Stevenson is a good running back and they just don't really feature him that much you know I don't I don't I don't know what they're doing honestly I think they're trying to get Mac Jones going because you know I, I think uh, uh, Bill Bill Belichick knows how to run an offense when he has a decent quarterback like a Tom Brady right but you know I think he's trying to get Mac Jones confidence because it's obvious his, his confidence is not there. And it's just uh, right now it's in disarray, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens because he got asked, you know, what, what are they going to do? He's like, you know, we're going to you know, restart this thing. And what does that mean, right? We don't know. What does that mean? Is he going to make a change? Is he going to go to right. the, the Zappy? Who knows? Uh, but anyway, I, I agree with you. They're the worst team right now, and it's, 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 it's a very painful thing for, you know, the New England uh, Patriots fans out there that, you know, they've been, you know, they've been uh, used to getting Super Bowls, right? And now they're seeing – the worst team in the NFL right now, and that's that's just a shame. Correct, correct. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm with you on that. I have no clue what to expect. And there you have it, everybody. And uh, Del Pilar's NFL Power Rankings with Eddie's input. This will be uh, live at sportsgrumblings.com. So it'll be live there by tomorrow morning. So check it out. Uh, I do this every week. Eddie and I will talk about this. We, we're trying to kind of limit our, our time on it, but it's kind of hard sometimes. Eddie talks a lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, so let's move on to the fantasy sports segment. Okay, to the fans, to the listeners out there, I have not played. Fan- I'm not playing fantasy football this year. This segment is all on Mr. Eddie. Eddie, are there any gems that you think uh, that the fantasy owner, football owner, should be keen in on this week? Quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, uh, any streamers? What's your take on this? Eddie is playing in a league, uh, and he's still enjoying the game much more than I ever did. Yep, I'm in three leagues, and I'm doing well in every So what are we looking at, Eddie? So uh, There you go. There you go, three leagues. The the often injured position that we've already talked about is the running backs, and I've already sprinkled a few of the the, the pickups to target this week, right? So I've already mentioned a Jaleel McLaughlin, and he's probably going to be probably the most sought-after free agent this week uh, for for those teams that need a running back. And and he looks like a very, very good running back. Um, You know, he's very, very fast and just, you know, showed that he could could carry a load. So we'll see, um, you know, uh, uh, if he's going to be the – I think he's going to be the biggest pickup. Hopefully he can sustain this. Uh, The other thing is Khalil Herbert, you know, the running back at Chicago. He got hurt too. And we don't know how significant his his injury is as well. But then you have uh, Roshan Johnson – Who's played uh, uh, sparingly a little bit so far, and then you also have a uh, Deontay Foreman, who is a veteran that uh, you know is out there as well. So I think that there there are two guys to target as well. The other guy that I already mentioned was Ty J Spears. He is the backup to Derrick Henry, but I would say he's not necessarily a backup because they play pretty much about the same amount of, uh, same amount of snaps. So he's a guy to target for sure. And the one that I, the one guy I already talked right. about was the guy from the uh, Arizona Cardinals, James Conner. He got hurt, and then you have this guy called. Imari de Marcado. That's a Hispanic name right there. So there's, there's a Latino there in the NFL. Yeah, I love, we love that name. Imari de Marcado. There right? you go. From the market, right? <laughs> so he's a guy to, to, to target. And then uh, Chuba Hubbard is another guy uh, from, the, from the Panthers. He's definitely somebody that, you know, will get you like five, six points. If, if you're desperate, these are deeper league kind of guys to, to target. Um, and then, you know, the, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson for the, the Dolphins. You know, uh, you know it, it, the, the, the Devon uh, A-Chain or A-Chain, however you say his name, for Texas A&M, he, he sustained some kind of a, a knee injury uh, this past weekend. We don't know how serious that uh, that injury is either. So, you know, they have wow. Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert is a guy who came from, from the 49ers. And, you know, they used to joke, they used to call him most hurt because he always got hurt all the time. So, you know, you can't really rely on him to stay healthy for the entire year. So Jeff Wilson, who also came from the 49ers. Right. Oh, he did. He was injury prone. Yep. Yep. He's another one who gets injured, but he's somebody to target for you NFL uh, guys. Then we already talked about uh, Gardner Minshew, right? You know, Anthony Richardson, he's going to be out for like at least four or five weeks. You know, he has an AC joint sprain. Um, so Gardner Minshew, the porn star, you know, the 70s porn star at, at the QB position. Is that what it is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did not know. Yeah. I did not know. Yeah, it's an AC joint, so so you know that that takes some time to recover from. So Gardner Minshew is the guy to uh, to target for for quarterbacks. As far as gotcha. you know, the the, the ride receivers, you know, you have DJ Chark. You know, these are the guys from the Panthers that Bryce Young throws to. You know, he's emerged uh, along with Adam Thielen as guys, but uh, Thielen's the number one. DJ Chark's the number two. So if you're desperate, he's a guy to target. Joshua Palmer for the Chargers. You know, for your Chargers, or Guillermo. Uh, you know, and they lost Mike Williams, right? So someone's got to catch yeah. the ball besides Keenan Allen. Joshua Palmer is a guy that target. Uh, the, the Lions, you know, they they have, uh, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, who's gotten hurt. You know, they have uh, Josh Reynolds, who's, uh, or Khalif Raymond. These two guys are, are, are some of the target. So, um, and then I would say the uh, the other wide receiver is for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, that You know, Gardner Mitchell could be thrown to this guy, uh, Josh Downs. He's actually been performing pretty well. He's a, a rookie. 
and uh, I think he's done pretty well. And uh, as far as tight ends go, you have Logan Thomas of the Commanders. He's a guy that has, has emerged. I mean, but the thing is, is that the tight ends are so hit and miss, they're hard to predict. I mean, if you don't have a Travis Kelsey, a TJ Hawkinson, a George Kittle, it's, you know, it's slim pickings from there as, as far as, you know, a guy that you, that you can rely on a week, week for week to get like at least five or six points. Cause that's what you pretty much get from tight ends at the most, unless you have these. Right. Guys. So, uh, and then you have Noah Fant and John Smith and Noah Fant from the Seahawks. He's actually emerged, uh, has been doing pretty well the last few weeks, scoring about seven or eight points a week. And then John Smith for the Falcons, you know, uh, Ooh, John Smith. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, you know, he, the Kyle Pitts, you know, he's been kind of a hit and miss so far. I mean, the guy has so much talent, yet he's not really showing it yet. But last week, he actually did pretty well. But then John Smith has done pretty well as well. So uh, Desmond Ritter is the quarterback there. And, you know, he, he hasn't found, I think he doesn't have his go-to guy established just yet. I mean, Drake London really hasn't really done too much mm-hmm. either when everybody expected him to do something. Um, so... I think, you know, he's a guy to target. John Smith is somebody else to target as a tight end. So those are the, the fantasy fantasy football pickups that I have for this week. There you go. And on uh, as an update to the tight end, Kyle Pitts, he went 7 for 87 on 11 targets, no touchdowns. You know, uh, what I will say on Kyle Pitts and, and some of these other guys, uh, like Darren Waller, who's had one good season, uh, we, we saw it that uh, I can't remember. Uh, 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 there was a tight end that the Lions drafted some years ago at a very high uh, Eric Ebron. And it seems that these tight ends who eventually become busts are given an extra two to three years longer than, say, a quarterback, running back, or receiver who turns out to be a bust. I don't understand that concept, but I'm not sold on Kyle Pitts because there comes a point where, like, dude. You know, how come Jonah Smith got, found himself open a lot when in the London game against the Jaguars and and Pitts was nowhere to be found? So so I really wonder about that. But, yeah, I, I agree with you there on that. And there you have it, my friends. This week's fantasy football waiver wire provided by Eddie Aparicio. Now, man, I love it. I love it. There you go. Excuse me. And there you have. So let's move on to Eddie's favorite sport. This has become the Eddie show. I own the power rankings. Eddie owns everything else. Yeah, right. Talking right, some right. NBA basketball. That's Eddie's favorite sport. Eddie, so what are some off-season transactions in terms of what are some of the biggest moves? And on the flip side, what are some of the moves you think are, huh? You can't pay that guy that much money? Really? Uh, so how do you see these moves in off-season? What, what do you see as some of the good ones versus some of the bad ones? Because so the season's getting ready to kick off in October, yeah, yeah. right? And, and before before we, 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 we even get into this uh, segment, uh, you know, I wasn't watching the, the Monday Night Football game. I was kind of switching channels back and forth between the Spurs and the Oakland and the City preseason game because yeah, there you was, go. Victor Webanyama was playing against Chet Holmgren, and this is a, a, oh. about right. So right, and let me tell you, that was entertaining. They both played very well. Um, actually, uh, Chet Holmgren scored 21 points and Wembanyama scored 20 points. They both showed their skill set in full effect. They both had blocks. Uh, 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 Wembanyama, I think, had two steals uh, along with those 20 points. Chet Holmgren had nine rebounds, and then Wembanyama had five. So Chet Holmgren looks like he's put on some poundage too. I mean, he, I think he was probably like a buck 85, you know, at seven foot one when he was at Gonzaga. But now he's like 202, so he put like 17 pounds. Uh, at least that's that's what it looks like. He looked a lot bigger. And Wembanyama, very skilled. You got to see some. If you post some of the highlights from tonight's game, he really showed some really skillful moves, especially on the fast break on defense. He stole like two balls. 
the block shots. He was he was a presence out there. So I'm very excited to see this guy play. And it's interesting to see how they they utilized him because you know we were talking about in the past uh, podcast. You know, Wembanyama is like this this skinny frame, right? I mean, he's not going to survive right. if he's going to uh, be a center in the NBA. But I think what what they're doing is they're they're playing him like a small forward. They're, he's playing on the perimeter, right? Uh, to, to utilize his skill set as 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 a as a, as a guy who can shoot and dribble, mm-hmm. and then they use him as a center on the defensive end. So they kind of you know they, they cross uh, cross mix whatever his 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 uh, defense and offensive uh, 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 skill sets, right? So uh, that was interesting. Same thing they're doing with Chet Holmgren. They all play in the perimeter. So I just wanted to bring that's that what up I thought would happen, Eddie. I thought that what? would happen because when I saw Wim, Wimbayama played, is that how you pronounce it, Wimbayama? Wimbayama. When Miyama played, that was the first thing that struck me. It was like, oh my God, this guy's seven foot, man, but he plays like somebody at six five, six six, yeah. you know, with yeah. that type of skill. And uh, so that makes perfect sense. <clears throat> I worry about Chet. That's a one series white guy, man, looking against that that that, that bright uh, uh, basketball parquet floor there. We may not see him. <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> but anyway, so oh I my to use that first, to Guillermo, about the uh, you know the, the two players that we talked about in the past podcast. But as far as the most notable free agent uh, uh, transactions that happened this year, uh, I'll answer your your question this way. The you know the first one that really made a big splash, the first one that we heard about was Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal going mm-hmm. to the Phoenix Suns to go ahead and team up with Devin Booker and Durant. I mean, that's essentially what how Durant won his first title was with the Warriors when they had these two uh, great shooting uh, 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 players in, in Clay Thompson and, and Stephen Curry. And now he's going to be, you know, teamed up with the same kind of type of player, right? He, Devin Booker's a sharpshooter. And Brad... Okay, hold on, hold on. So hmm. you're saying that the Suns with this move can compete for a championship? Absolutely. Absolutely, they can. Absolutely, they can. And then they also, you know, they they lost DeAndre Ayton, but they replenished him with Yusuf Nurkic, who came from the Blazers, and he's a good passing big man, and he's he can score, he can shoot from the outside. Whereas DeAndre Ayton couldn't do that; he was more of a traditional type of center. They both can play defense roughly about the same. DeAndre Ayton, I think, is just a bigger, taller guy, but Nurkic is a more skilled center, and it's it's amazing that Nurkic and Jokic played together on the same team, you know, uh, on the yeah. Denver Nuggets, right? So, but anyway, so I think I think uh, the Bradley Beal one was the first one to make a big splash, and then that guy, and then Chris Paul, right? Chris Paul going to the Warriors, right? You know, yeah. the, the, the whole experiment with Jordan Poole, unfortunately, fizzled out after Draymond, you know, clocked him last year. Yeah, and they just they weren't the same, so they had to they had to get him out and, and trade him, and and what they got back is this, you know, the thirty eight year old Chris Paul who doesn't have a title. But, you know, he can man the second unit, and he's already essentially, you know, uh, fessed up that he's okay to come up, uh, come off the bench, which a lot of people were concerned that, you know, his ego wasn't, wasn't going to let him do that, right? He wanted yeah. to go out there and be a starter. He's a veteran, but he knows he knows what it takes to win, and I'm glad he has that that attitude. And, and my, my only concern is how are him and Draymond going to get along, right? Because Draymond's yeah. a, a big personality. Chris Paul's a big personality. So then... The next the move that, that, that happened is Christos Porzingis going to the Celtics. Christos Porzingis to the Celtics was a very interesting move, you know, because he's a very skilled big man, 7'4", he can shoot, very similar uh, skill set to Chet Holmgren. Um, but I, I would say that, you know, he, he, he posts up a little bit more than Chet Holmgren. Um, but I think that, you know, him going to the Celtics is a very interesting move. And then, then the Celtics brought in a Drew Holiday, you know, from mm-hmm. the Bucks. You know, actually, he was from the Blazers and they got traded from the Bucks to the Blazers, and then the Blazers, you know, traded uh, to the to the Celtics, um, and and those two guys, along with you know Jason Tatum, 
uh, uh, Jalen Brown. Yeah, I mean, that, that foursome right there is very, very formidable. The only thing is that, you know, the Celtics lost, you know, on Marcus Smart, who I think was a big identity for them. You know, were, he was a very right. hard-nosed, strong player, defensive player of the year type. But Drew Holiday is just as good defensively and better offensively than, than Marcus Smart. So that, that, that loss isn't that significant, or it could have been as, as, as it could have been, you know, if they had not gotten uh, Drew Holiday. So, uh, and the last one that I think supplanted all of them was Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard yeah. going to the Bucks to team up with the Giannis Antetokounmpo, that is going to be a pick-and-roll nightmare for everybody in the league. And then, you know, Brooke Lopez is there as a defensive presence. He's also a very good offensive player. They brought his brother Robin Lopez, right, to, you know, kind of make him you know, a little bit warm mm-hmm. and fuzzy to have his brother on his team, right? So that's always a right. good support move, you know, for, for a, a, t- a guy like Brooke Lopez. But they lost, you know, uh, the Bucks lost uh, – uh, 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 Grayson Allen is along with the Drew Holiday. But right, he was part of that trade. Right, he was part of that trade. So, um, and, and, and you know, Grayson Allen also joins Bradley Beal, you know, with the Phoenix Suns. So that makes mm-hmm. him a pretty formidable t- uh, a pairing over there as well. Um, but uh, you know, they also get uh, Malik Beasley, who was a uh, you know kind of one of these uh, you know um, uh, Vinny Johnson microwave uh, you know microwave uh, hot players that, that shoot you know can shoot the rock at any time, and he he killed the Warriors in the playoffs last year. So I remember Malik Beasley. So. So anyway, that's kind of a sneaky move. But those are the main ones that I just mentioned. Those are all the, the big offseason moves were Bradley Beal, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Drew Holiday, and Chris Porzingis. Those are the big ones that I, I would say that they're the most significant. Okay, so let me ask you this question, though. Based off, off all these moves, and we're not going to hold you to it because it's speculation. Yep. But based off all these moves, based off your knowledge of basketball, who do you see as the uh, – Top four, meaning who's going to be in the finals for each conference, if right. you had to pick him today. So I'm going to go ahead and, and take you through this. So I'm going to go through the East first. In the East, there are four teams that I think are the, are the teams to beat. And they're the Celtics. I think they're the favorite, in my opinion. The Bucks, I think, are probably number two. And then I would say the Heat are uh, number three. And then the Sixers at number four. Um, the Sixers, you know, they have a very dominant center in, in Joel Embiid. But they also have a disgruntled James Harden, right? And, and James Harden... <laughs> You know, he, he, he wants he wants out there, right? But I think they want to keep him because he has a good, you know, he, he plays well with Joel Embiid. Um, well, hold on, Eddie. Who yeah. wants James Harden? I mean, James Harden, to me, know. is the type of guy who can come into your locker room and destroy what is a potential uh, finals team. That, that That's how I look at James Harden now. I don't look at James Harden as any positive anymore because of his age, how much he slowed down, and his and his laziness on the court. And that's been well documented. So, yeah. so, 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 uh, uh, I can see the Sixers contending with Harden. But my question to you is, what, I mean, I'm sure a lot of teams would want him, but what team can he really go to and contribute and take them to the championship that the team actually needs him? You know, it's interesting that maybe, uh, maybe he can go back to his Houston Rockets where he started his career because the Houston Rockets are an up and coming team. They're they're a team that I was going to go ahead and, and, and mention later. But I, you know, I, I kind of put it as contenders, you know, on the cusp. And then that's know, what I'd say, lost, right? But the Houston Rockets have, have acquired a, quite a bit of a lot of, uh, you know, they have good young talent on the Rockets, you know, they but have, he's on the wrong side of 30. I mean, he's not there yeah. for a rebuild. He wants to win now. Yeah. 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 But the thing is that, you know, the, but the thing is, is that, that, that team would probably use it, could use him and, and probably would, would want him. Honestly, uh, you know, they have Fred Van Fleet there, right? And Fred Van Fleet is a good, good player. So you team him up with James Harden. They also have a Dylan Brooks there as a veteran. And then you team them up with the, the already established the core of Jalen Green, Kevin Porter, Cam Whitmore, Jabari Smith, 
I mean, that's a pretty formidable up-and-coming team to watch out for. So I think that would be a team that James Harden, I think that, that he could be a good fit for him. But I think he should stay with the Sixers and just, you know, try and, and, and try and win a championship with them because I think he st- him staying on the Sixers gives the Sixers a better chance of winning. Unless they, they get I think he lied about Moray. I think he just flat out lied by Moray to say that to get him out of Philly. Yeah, Moray's yeah. treated him very well. Is, is that how you say Daryl Moray? Yeah, Murray. I mean he's treated him very Murray, well, yeah. giving him all the money he's want. Maury, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Maury's giving him all the money he's want, he's ever asked for. This he's uh, see that's why I don't like him. He's not a team player. He's all about himself, and I think he's the worst type of person to have in a professional any professional sports. He doesn't appreciate his God given talent. Is arrogant and is not well liked by many. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah. if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying the Celtics and Bucks. Yeah. What about the uh, 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 Western? Bucks, Heat, Celtics, Bucks, Heat, Sixers, and the teams I have on the cusp. Are the but Cavs. if you had to pick two for the final. Yeah. For, for the. Well, final, hold on. Two. So who would you pick for the? Uh, for the finals, I will say the Celtics for sure out of the East, and then in the West. Okay, so you're saying the Celtics will beat the Bucks. Yes. In, in, in the Eastern, oh, Eastern, okay. So let's move over to the Western Conference then. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to see who wins it all. It's just uh, it's too tough, too early right now. But uh, so out of the Western Conference, who do you see as your Final Four? Final Four are going to be the Nuggets for sure. Uh, the Suns, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be there as well. The Warriors, and I'm not saying that just because I'm a homer. They actually, oh yeah, I mean they're a dynasty. They're still yeah. good. They're still good, and they, they yeah, exactly some, exactly some players on their team that I think can, can take them over the edge, and they made it to. The, the the not the finals but the divisional last year when they were in complete disarray and that just shows how good that team really is if they're all functioning like they should they're a contender so and I think uh, bringing Chris Paul uh, makes them a, con- a contender along with some other guys like Corey Joseph and Darius Sarge so um, the Lakers are the other team I think that are a team to watch I mean it's interesting that you know the top four in the East and the top four in the West two of two teams in each of these or one team in each of these conferences you know, we're from the play-in tournament, right? So if we if we had not had the play-in tournament, we would not see, you know, we wouldn't have these guys as, you know, guys to watch out for for contenders this year because they wouldn't have been able to get to the, to the finals or even the conference finals. Actually, both of them got to the finals. So, you know, that's interesting that the play-in tournament was a success in bringing two play-in tournament guys into the finals in the respective conferences. So the Lakers are a dangerous team. They, they, they scare me as a Warrior fan the most because it's all about matchups in the NBA and right, they are right. a matchup nightmare for the Warriors just because they're so long. Um, you know, they, they added Gabe Vincent, you know, from the, from the Miami heat. They, they added a Christian Wood from the uh, Dallas Mavericks. They, uh, uh, Cam Reddish, Torian Prince, you know, they added a lot of good depth to, to already compliment LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves. I mean, they are a team to watch out for, and they scare me. So I would say those are the final four in the West. Um, and then as far as to answer your question, I, I say Celtics, and then it's going to be, for me, it's going to be probably the Nuggets again, um, if I were to really, you know, twist my arm on that. Although I want to say the Warriors very badly about it. i got to be realistic. I think, you know, yeah. the Nuggets are still uh, good. Although the Warriors, I think, would have given them a better finals matchup than the Lakers did because they play the uh, Denver Nuggets well. Oh man, they destroyed the Lakers. That wasn't even a contest, if I remember oh, correctly. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, they swept them, but they were all all, comp- all competitive games, but they got swept, right? So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So alrighty. So other teams. Go ahead. Talk, yeah, I was going to tell you that other teams that I was going to uh, mention that are just up and coming 
you know, uh, on the West, you, have, you know, the Grizzlies are on the cusp. The New Orleans Pelicans right, right. are on the cusp and the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves. They're, they're teams that could possibly get into those top four, but a lot of things have to happen. Like maybe a, a key player from the top four have to, has to fall for one of those guys to go up. Um, those are the teams that are playing for the play-in game. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, or, or, or even this in-season tournament, right? You know, we'll, we'll see what happens yeah. from that, right? But, uh, yeah, and then, you know, I already mentioned the Rockets is an up-and-coming team, and the Oklahoma City Thunder are an up-and-coming team in the West. So um, that pretty much rounds up my, my talk on the NBA. There you go, my friend, some good NBA info. And before we close it out here, I want to take a couple minutes. We're going to talk about baseball playoffs in the later podcast. But I wanted to talk about the pitcher, Trevor Bauer. Him and uh, Lindsey Hill is her name. Uh, a gold digger, <laughs> a whore, a Me Too whore, and just a flat-out liar. They dropped their lawsuits, and they dropped their lawsuits because the evidence finally got into Bauer's legal team. Right. And that was evidence that 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 Miss Hill and her legal defense team were holding back to the point that one of the lawyers in this in this and when they were setting the lawsuits wanted to be put on the list where Trevor Bauer wouldn't go back and sue them because they were likely part of holding that video that literally laid out the truth. You know, this woman said that he beat her, rough sex, et cetera, right. et cetera. <clears throat> and there's a video y'all need to go out there and see people. And Trevor Bauer himself put it out there showing the text and then showing the video. She was supposed to be black and blue. Yep. And she's playing the role of a of a college frat guy video taping herself with him as he's sleeping next to her, smirking. She's supposed to be black and blue. She went on to lie about that just this week. Well, the lighting, the lighting. In the meantime, yeah. I hear her slurping on the next guy's schlong she wants to jump on. You right, know, right. I, I, I loathe this woman. I loathe this woman because yeah. coming from a third world country where it's a dictator, where whatever they say is the truth, even when it's not true. That's what the Me Too movement became. And that's what got Trevor Bauer, uh, 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 first of all, suspended, then released by the Dodgers and he's been vindicated, but he's 32 now. He's uh -huh. lost a few years of his baseball career that he'll never get back. <clears throat> and the reason he agreed to drop the lawsuit was to get his life back, sure. you know, yep. and <clears throat> excuse me. One of the contingencies of the agreement was that he could say whatever he wanted and boy, he did not hold back. Trevor Bauer was and is an innocent victim in all this and he epitomizes why I why I hate I hate with every fiber of my being the political movement called me too no one should have the right nor the power to blindly accuse another person I don't care if it's a man towards a woman or a woman towards a man without an investigation and without proper innocence being given until he's found guilty She's a whore, she lied, and she's a gold digger. That's my take, people. That's not oh, Eddie's yeah. take. I'm not going to put words in Eddie's mouth. But that's how I saw it. You need to go to Trevor Bauer's ex-timeline, formerly Twitter, and see that video. And then see some of the things she said. It was disgusting. And, and, and that's the lowest form of humanity. That's a woman who has a seat waiting for her in hell if there's a heaven in hell. That's my rough take on it. And I truly believe what I just said. I'm not putting any words. That's my take. 
Eddie, what's your take? I expect a more subdued take. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me, though, Guillermo. That's the way I am, man. Uh, you're a passionate, fiery Latino. I'm a little bit more laid back until you piss me off. Then, then the real fiery person comes out, right? But anyway, so, right. Uh, so, so, yeah. This guy, uh, this this lady, I, I was watching. She just looked. I mean, she's a sociopath. She was lying through her teeth. You can see it. I mean, she was coached up to say what she said. You know, I mean, she was she was getting interviewed by multiple people and saying similar stories, trying to kind of not, not, not take any ownership on anything. Of course, she's been, you know, she was told by lawyers to say all this stuff. And then she had the audacity to say that, you know, she was getting hit and all that. And I saw the video with the little smirk saying that the lighting wasn't there. The, the smirk. There. Yeah. The, and she smirked. Yeah. And she smirked. And the thing is, you know, if, if you're getting beaded and bruised, you know, and hit, in, in, uh, you know, overnight, the, the bruises are going to show up. They are. They don't they don't take, you know, a day or two to show up. You're seeing evidence yeah. of bruises right away. So, oh, yeah, they'll show up within an hour tops. I mean, yeah. she's right in the sense a bruise takes a little time to rise to serve, but we're not talking 8, 10, 12 hours. We're yeah. talking 30 minutes, 20 yeah. minutes. I mean, you know, it, yeah, yeah, so she's just a flat-out liar there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit more subdued in how I say it, but I'm, I agree with you. She's lying through her teeth. You can just see it. So I'm with you. Uh, it's just we, we, we've seen – We've seen too many men's lives destroyed. Uh, even Al Franken, I'm a conservative, so so and Al Franken never deserved his seat. He was given through his seat through through ballots found in parking lots of cars with activist judges saying they should count. And I'm not lying. That's how he became senator. So when he was wiped off the face of this earth through the same Democrat tactics that we see them use against the Republicans, I was happy. But that said. He did not deserve to lose his job. He should not have resigned. Because remember, Al Franken, he was accused of uh, doing this. He didn't even touch the girl. Just did that with his hands towards his breath of the picture. You know, take the picture. It was crash, childish, fraternity-like. But for him to resign over that because of a Me Too movement and the Democrats wanting to use it for political power, saying, Al, you're going to be sacrificed. <laughs> they threw him under the bus. So, I mean, it goes back to the, one of the very first uh, cases out there. So uh, it's just it's disgusting. And, and I hope a team picks him up. I really do. I mean, we're getting ready to hit the playoffs. Uh, or we are in the playoffs. I, I would imagine teams can no longer pick other teams. But some teams should sign up for next year at the age 32. Who knows how much he's got left in the tank? And uh, 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 he's worth a shot because he was a Cy Young winner, you know? Yep. No, I agree. I mean, uh, hopefully a team will, you know, since he's been shown as somebody, you know, as a victim and it wasn't, you know, uh, uh, well, he, he was accused of this, but is now found as not really doing what he did, what, what he was alleged to do. I think somebody should give him a chance. But I think, unfortunately, you know, the, the, the a lot of these, comp uh, these MLBs are companies, right? And they don't want the, the the negative media. They just don't want that tarnish. You know, they they, they feel like something like it'll be a media circus. You know, for him. To be I would agree. Yeah. Normally, like I would Colin agree. Kaepernick, well, Colin Kaepernick got blackballed, right, or blacklisted yeah. because you know uh, of what what he stood for, and he had the abilities, but the GMs didn't want to take that. They didn't want the the the, the, the media the, the circus. That well, because Colin Kaepernick was a liar. He kept lying. He kept, look. You can't sit there and just a few months ago talk about slave owners and this being the owners and this and then beg for a job. Look. Colin Kaepernick lost his starting job because he was not progressing. He was tucking the ball and running. So they benched him. So he did not leave the NFL on a high note. It's been seven years. You know, he, he was not worthy of being a starting quarterback. But the hoopla and the tribalism, oh, he started quarterback. No, he wasn't. He was backup quality. And the reason he did not get a job in the NFL is because nobody wanted the circus that he was going to bring.
Correct. Remember, the Baltimore Ravens were going to sign him. Then his uh, girlfriend called the Baltimore Ravens owner a racist. So right. uh, I agree with the owner was like, I don't want Up this. yours, Colin. Yeah. I'm not going to want this nightmare with you. Right. And I don't need this disrespect when I've done nothing to you. And you're playing the race card just to play the race card. Right. That's well, why that's he's not in the league. Right. But that, you but know? That's, the whole, that's the whole reason I'm bringing it up is that, you know, Trevor Bauer, nobody wants to take on that circus. It's going to be a media hmm. circus. Even though but hold on, hold on. Yeah. See, I, I disagree. I think you're right. Maybe more because of age, but he's been completely exonerated. There, that's the difference is he has I been completely still, exonerated. Well, so exonerated. I'm not sure. Still a media circus. I, 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 there's some people that... I see, I don't think there'll be a media circus if a team signs him. I think in an initial week, then it goes away because it's a settled case. With Kaepernick, that's, there's no beginning or end. It's just, it, 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 it's an issue in America right now where there's no solution. Nobody wants a solution. Dude, I'm in politics. I, I got elected. I served. I've been involved with the parties. The racism industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. These people who talk about stop racism, they don't want to stop racism. They're making Al Sharpton is making too much money off racism. Colin Kaepernick is making too much money off racism. You know, the Democrats are making too much money and holding on to power because of racism. They don't want to solve it. That's why Colin Kaepernick such a di that's a completely different beast than Bauer, who uh, his issue has been resolved. And he has the evidence to prove it. So I don't know if anybody's going to sign him, but I would suspect – I would sit there and say he's got a, a, a 60 70% chance of getting signed by somebody next year at least for a tryout in the minors. I'm not sure. Maybe 60%. We'll say 60%. But Kaepernick, zero. Plus, Kaepernick's what, 30-something now? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, the guy's dirt O now. Hey, as, as a Giants fan, I'll take Trevor Bauer. I mean, the Giants need all the help they can get. So, you know, I'm putting it out there, you know, for the uh, for the for the ownership of the Giants. Give him a shot. You never know. He might he might. That's work right. Out. <laughs> That's right. And Kaepernick's yeah. 35, and in NFL years, he's not yeah, he's a Manning. Old, he's he, he's, he's not an elite quarterback, you know. Yeah. And he's somebody who never learned how to go. He uh, to this day, I don't know if he ever finished doing a read in the NFL before tucking the ball and running. You know, and I loved it. Dude, I owned the guy for many years in many fantasy leagues, boy. And I was like, get him on. And I loved it, especially when he paid the Packers. I mean, he owned the Packers. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and here's the thing. With Kaepernick, if you look at his pre-taking uh, a knee, his post-taking a knee, it's like two different people. Yeah. 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 And I just leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. And th there you have it, my friends. Uh, uh, there's Eddie. And this is William Del Pilar. Look. Thank you for uh, taking the time uh, to spend with us. We will be back next week. You can check out this podcast on our YouTube, Rumble, uh, uh, the video portion. If you just listen to the podcast, there's Apple, Spotify, Google, we're on. But you can find out everywhere we're at at sportsgrumblings.com. And we will be making the switch to grumblingsmedia.com. In fact, uh, the migration is happening as we speak of our new site being made live. So we're looking forward to that. But until next time, my friends, Eddie, as always, thank you. I will talk to you next week. And to everybody else, thank you. And we are out. Yeah, thanks, Guillermo.